Hey guys, welcome to The Point Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Cassidy. Here in The Point, we want to remember that Christ is the point of life itself. Each week, myself and a guest will discuss questions that you or youth are asking today, and we'll share weekly encouragements from the Bible. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode on The Point. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today I have Tim Nielsen on with us. Hello, Tim. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me on. Tim, it is so nice to finally have you on the podcast. Tim, this seems pretty crazy to me, but if anyone does not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself or tell us something that maybe we don't know about you. Um, well, let's see. My name is Tim. I <laughs> work here at Calvary. I'm a pastor with family and youth, which I love. I've been a pastor in South Denver area for about 16 years now, a long time. It's a very long time. A long time. Um, I'm really old. So <laughs> I one, you know, something you might not know about me, everyone knows that I have a lot of kids. Um, and something you might not know about me is that I was really shy when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Up. And like, I went shy. to a lot of different schools and didn't really talk to people a whole lot. What's something that fills you up or just brings you some joy? Because all we know about Tim is that you are on the go at all times. <laughs> so if you, in, in a different world, if you were not on the go and you got to just do something for yourself that just would fill you up, what would that be? That's a good question. Um, I love playing a little bit of golf if I get the opportunity. Oh, I don't okay. really do that much at all anymore. Um, and I like hanging out with my family. Those are like the two things that I Hey, you yeah, got a lot like of people in your family sure. to hang out with. Yeah, I do. I just went golfing. You did? Just maybe a weekend ago. Where did you go? Well, I never actually have golfed like in an actual game, but I went to the golfing range, which actually is kind of just very filling for me. Sure. And I was so surprised because I have not hit a golf ball in who knows how long. Yeah. And I could actually hit it. It's great. I was so excited about That's it. Great. I didn't get a lot of swings and misses, maybe once or twice, <laughs> but I was real excited That's about awesome. it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, sweet. Well, Tim, the topic for today, this is a pretty, a pretty hefty one. Yeah. Uh, it's why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, what what are your thoughts on this, Tim? Well, you asked me about this, Hannah, a couple of weeks ago, and I've been kind of a little bit dreading sharing about this for like, <laughs> like 15 Tim, minutes. I don't know the answer. Will you help me? <laughs> um, so this is obviously something that's challenging and hard to talk about. I guess the first thing that I've thought of when you asked that is, what exactly is bad things? Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's important that we like look at and identify, okay, what is a bad thing, you know? I have a six-year-old, and to him, a bad thing is like, he can't play with his Legos when he wants, you know? <laughs> totally. Or a bad thing is, I have to do schoolwork and can't watch TV. Yeah. Um, but I guess, as, we've, as I've thought about this, I think we can identify our own like selfishness and our own inconveniences, and we can say, okay, those aren't necessarily like bad things, mm -hmm. but in comparison to someone being killed unjustly by someone else or um, uh, persecution, you know, a church being bombed and people are injured and die or, yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff that we can say, okay, that is like a clear injustice 
that is something that most everyone would agree that is wrong. A child yeah. being abused. Um, I mean, so many things, you know, someone really young getting sick and dying, whether mm -hmm. it's an accident or an illness mm -hmm. um, or at the hands of someone else, you know, we can say, okay, that's like a bad thing. And we could even say that there are things that like evil or a presence of evil, which we would name as Satan a lot of times, mm -hmm. can be leading or a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, something that, you know, we could say abortion is something that's probably evil in our society mm -hmm. in which, you know, defenseless babies are being killed. Mm -hmm. Or the Holocaust is something that we can think of um, that is yeah. evil. Or someone being um, raped or killed is like evil that has been done to them. So yeah. I guess in the sake of this time, I thought, okay, we should talk about like injustice in our, our eyes mm -hmm. that's clear and injustice in God's eyes. And like, why does God allow that to happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And I think that's a good place to start of exactly what you said. Of why does God allow this to happen? Because if God is in full control of all things, if God is all powerful, he's all loving, uh, why would these things happen? And especially to what we would quote unquote say a good person or good people. Yeah. I think it's first, you know, important to identify like who God is and what he is first in control of and then like kind of move from there. Yeah. Um, to say, okay, just because evil is happening in the world, well, that can then sometimes cause us to draw wrong conclusions about who God is. Mm -hmm. So if we, especially when you personally feel it, right, if something really bad happens to you or your family, you can first of all feel like God is not in control. Yeah. God, things are just happening in our world and evil is happening and God is just, can't stop it basically. And the Bible clearly tells us that that is not the case. Yeah. Um, so just, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just reading uh, this morning and it said that Satan is the father of lies uh, and just thinking about how Satan often puts these doubtful thoughts in our minds of like, wait a second, is God actually good? Wait a second, something bad just happened to me. Is God actually good? Or something bad just happened to someone I love or even just people in who knows where, a different mm -hmm. country and mm -hmm. there was a hurricane or something. Mm -hmm. Is is God actually, actually mm -hmm. good? Uh, and so I think what you're saying is so key of we have to know who God is mm -hmm. because when doubts like this come up, mm -hmm. we have to know who our God is, which means we have to know scripture. Well, what does the Bible say about God? Yeah. Uh, and we have to know that scripture is true as well. How do we know that what the Bible says is true? Uh, and so I feel like it all kind of always goes back to what does the Bible say? Um, and what does the Bible say in particular about God? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first we see that God is clear, is clearly in control. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we see that God is totally good all the time. Also, the fact that there is no evil that starts within God, mm -hmm. right? So God does not initiate, okay, I'm going to cause this evil to happen so that then my plan 
will work. Mm. Um, I think it's important to identify that, right? Like, yeah, that's really good. As a parent, you wouldn't say, hey, I want my kid to get hurt really bad so they can learn something. Yeah. You know, or I, you, you as a parent want to protect your kid, but there are circumstances in the world that happen that you can still love them that, mm. that might still happen. Um, John chapter 1, or 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Mm. So there, there is no evil found in the character of God. Yeah. Which then I think also begs the question, okay, where does evil come from if God created the world? Yeah. Um, and so just because God created the world and has no evil in him doesn't mean that there is no evil that does exist in the world because I think that's then getting to, okay, what kind of a world do we live in that God created hmm. in which we have a totally good God who loves us and is in control, but also we clearly see the presence of evil and we feel the presence of evil and unjust things yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and I think that we then say, okay, how did God, what kind of a world did God create in which there is evil happening? I think it's important for us to say, okay, God created a world in which people have free will, in yes, which we totally. have choices. And in creating a world that has free will, that there is good and there is evil in that world. Mm. Could God have wanted to, he could have created us all to be robots mm. and we would only do and think about him all the time. Yeah. But God, out of his love for us, wanted us to um, respond to his cho choice of us, of us choosing him. And so he created the option for us to reject God and choose other things, mm -hmm. which then is the kind of the foundation, if you will, of evil. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of, I think, where that comes from is the, the way in which God made our world. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's, it's a world of complete free love and not forced love, we would yeah. say. Yeah. Man, that is super insightful, Tim. <laughs> well, and I love that too because we're going back to, well, what actually is love? If we're seeing, okay, something bad happened, therefore God cannot be love. Well, we have to, like you said, go back to what is the root of love? Because yeah, if God created us all as robots, mm -hmm. gosh, that doesn't seem loving mm -hmm. either. And so yeah, going back to free will and man being sinful, us living in a simply flawed world. Yeah. Um, so I think going back to the root of love is right, super right. helpful. And I think as we see the root of love and how you and I experience love is that we say that salvation is a free gift from God of mm -hmm. God's grace. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, if we have no evil in us and we've never had the opportunity to reject God, then we will ha never have any opportunity to experience the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And so in God wanting us as his followers, to love him in the fullest, there must be the opportunity there for us to reject him at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. I think as even in humans, right? You like someone and you profess your love to them. Well, if you are forced 
or coerced into loving them, that's not true love. Mm -hmm. But you need to, as you express that love, allow that person that you love to freely accept your love or reject your love. Yeah. And if that opportunity is not there, which also then allows the opportunity for that person maybe to do bad things or evil to you, um, that's how you're going to experience that person's greatest love. Yeah. And so we experience God's love through God's forgiving us, God choosing to have grace. We see the redemption, the restoration of, of God working in even amongst the evil in our world. Mm -hmm. And if you can imagine this, you know, like I think many of us experience the greatest amount of connection with someone after we have had a time of disconnection from them. Yeah. And we go through what is called a storm in a relationship, mm -hmm. basically meaning that there's a falling out or there's something that happens. And then it's like, hey, we have to work through this. We need to grow in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And through that, then there is like a renewed connection mm -hmm. and a greater appreciation. Mm -hmm. And that person extends you grace, even though they did or said something that was bad. They say, well, I'm going to love you and choose to forgive you even in spite of this. Mm -hmm. And that is how we experience God's love yeah. is that we say, God, I have evil inside of me, right? This, the evil that happens is not just distant and I'm experienced in the world, but I have times in which I reject God. Mm -hmm. And even in spite of that, he chooses to love me. He chose to come to the earth to die for me. And I then experience the goodness and the grace of God, even at the same time of having this parts of evil inside of me that want to reject God. Mm -hmm. And I think as we're talking about, okay, why does God like foundationally allow evil in the world? It's so that we can experience his love in a more mm -hmm. daily basis, in a more understandable way. Yeah. And that's a great example that you bring up to you of, gosh, that closeness that comes in a relationship after those hard times. Mm -hmm. Have you, Tim... Have you, do you have a personal example of how that's happened in your life? You know, I think, yeah. You know, in thinking about in marriage, a lot of times you will have really hard times with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I think I read something the other day that's something about loving someone is not just enjoying all the good things about them, mm -hmm. but it's accepting and knowing the bad things about them in spite of everything else yeah and that you say i choose to love you in the ways in which it almost feels like you're hurting me right now yeah and i think as we as god looks at us he chooses to love us knowing that when he created humans adam and eve were going to sin they were mm -hmm. going to break their connection with god mm -hmm. and god still created them with this free will knowing that they would basically break his heart mm -hmm. um and even in the midst of that, it doesn't say that God left them or departed from them, but that God showed back up in the garden and found Adam and Eve and said, hey, basically, what happened? Like, yeah. why did you choose your own self instead of choosing me? And there, God then has a sacrifice and brings them back into a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways, like, this personal relationship with God stuff seems a little bit distant from how is God allowing this evil to happen in our world? Mm -hmm. But I think it's important that we understand how a relationship with God works mm -hmm. so that when evil happens to us, we can say, 
okay, God is still with me in the midst of the evil and he is not causing the evil and causing me to break away from him, I guess. Yeah. And it's really interesting to think about too that, gosh, basically all throughout scripture, we see when we hear about trials and hard things happening to different people in the Bible, it's kind of recognized as yes, trials are very hard, but we see a lot of good that comes out of them Mm -hmm. as well. We do see throughout scripture, we see evil is very consistent throughout scripture, but the Lord's love is also very present throughout scripture as well, even in uh, these harder things. Yeah, you know, you think about something like the Holocaust. Yeah. And you think, okay, God just seems so absent in that yeah, situation. Yeah, where was, he where, where was God? Is he, doesn't he even care or is he not in control mm-hmm. to let all of these millions of people die? Mm-hmm. And in the same time, you begin to uncover stories of people that were in the midst of that mm-hmm. and how God became so real and so close mm-hmm. and so personal to them as they were undergoing this unbelievable nightmare of injustice. Mm. Um, And I think as you and I wrestle with like, how is God present in these injustices? That it's an opportunity for us to draw close to God in the midst of this pain. Because the reality is we don't have a God or we don't worship a God who doesn't understand or doesn't know injustice Mm -hmm. or doesn't understand pain man absolutely because that is the avenue through which our salvation comes yeah you know we think about jesus coming to earth and he lives a totally perfect life Mm -hmm. he never did anything wrong and then we see at the end of his life the greatest injustice in the that the world has ever seen is that the only perfect person under uh, undergoes this horrible death on a cross Mm -hmm. And he dies in place of all of us that deserve to die. And this injustice is the avenue. It's the means through which God offers us a restored and a renewed relationship with Mm -hmm. him. And so I think it's so interesting that in Hebrews it talks about we don't have a God or a high priest who doesn't understand all that we walk through. Mm -hmm. We see Jesus was rejection. We see the Jesus that was mocked. We see Jesus where... Um, he had a unfair fair trial. We see Jesus who people ignored him. His friends left him. His family thought that he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And all of this injustice, all of this evil that's happening to Christ is happening so that we can have uh, a way to know God in the midst of this evil, evil world, if you will, that we live in. Man, Ugh. what that seems like something that I would just quickly think about of... Well, goodness, Jesus. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Tim, because, again, what an amazing example of, gosh, yes, Jesus lived a perfect life. And the greatest injustice was done to him. Why was he sent to the cross and put on trial and died this excruciating death and bore the weight of all of our sins? Well, that was in God's will. God allowed that to happen. I mean, we even see, see Jesus crying out in the garden saying, Lord, if there's any other way. Yeah. But he still said, your will, not my will. And God still allowed that to happen. God still allowed Jesus, his son, to die on the cross. And 
for some reason, I just feel like we don't think about that when we're thinking about why is a bad thing happening to me? I'm a good person. I've been quote unquote following the law. I've been a good Christian. Why would something bad happen to me? Or why would things not look better than they are? And we don't even think about how Jesus, like you said, he's goodness way able to sympathize with mm-hmm. this. He did all of the right things. He lives that perfect life and yet still had the greatest injustice done to him. But also looking at his motive and his attitude where he wasn't like, oh man, like this just sucks. This is the worst. I can't believe this is happening to me. Yes, he he recognized the, the agony of it and it was um, excruciating. Mm-hmm. And yet he still submitted to God. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, you talked about the Holocaust, it makes me think of Corey Ten Boom, of mm. if you guys have read her book, where her testimony is incredible. She is in, goodness, the worst circumstances that I could ever think of. And so much injustice being done to her and all of those around her as well. And yet she's still praising Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's praising Jesus for even all of the fleas that are around her. Mm-hmm. And her sister, I think it was, it was just like, how how in the world are you doing this? Like, why would you praise God for the fleas here? And she's like, well, okay, yeah, maybe these fleas are terrible, but now the people aren't coming in here all the time and checking in on us. Mm-hmm. And that story is so incredible to me. But I love that you bring up Jesus's life, which is what we need to go back to. We always need to remember, okay, when we're going through a hard time or whatever else the thing may be, mm-hmm. what what do we see in scripture? Um, and looking to Jesus's life is so key. And I, yeah, and I think a couple of the things that it's important that we remember is our world as it operates is not how it's supposed to be operating. Mm-hmm. That there is evil. Satan point. is um, allowed for a time, and we don't know how long, certain amounts of authority in our world to cause evil to happen. Mm-hmm. And people are allowed to do things that cause evil to happen, like the mm-hmm. Holocaust. And we don't exactly know how long that is, but the Bible says that in when Jesus returns, he's going to create a new kingdom and our earth is going to be restored to its original state. And so if we sit here and think, hey, this is how God planned our world to work, that a Holocaust was just a part of this and that's like normal. No, that's that's not it. That's not normal in God's kingdom. But for a time we're living in where um, evil is allowed a certain amount of reign, of of power. But that lack of normalcy, that evil that's present should cause us to yearn for, to desire the goodness of God. And when Christ Mm -hmm. returns, because I think the idea is not that our world that we live in now is so perfect so that we fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. So that we're like, man, everything in my life is so great. It's so wonderful that I don't really have any room for God. Mm -hmm. And I think as you're talking about, you know, Corey Ten Boom, Everything in her life was so terrible. The only good thing that she had was God. But that was enough in the midst of that circumstance. Um, Romans chapter 8, starting verse 18 said, The sufferings of this present life 
are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Basically saying that like, we should be looking forward to when we can see Jesus face to face and we're so excited about that time that even the evil that we see in this world is making us think of that and not just be like, wow, I love my life right here and now <laughs> as it is. Oh man, yeah. Goodness, how I long for the day of perfection. Mm, I yeah. can't wait. I think just one more point with that of God has created us for himself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's just another reason why injustice bothers us so much and evil bothers us so much because that's not what he's created us for. Yeah. He's created us for, for him. I think also just remembering that God is an infinite God. There's so much to him. There are pieces of God that we will not understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we can gain a little bit of understanding on mm -hmm. this topic of why would bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, we have to just trust the Lord mm -hmm. with who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, and we may not come to a complete conclusion of this is exactly why God does this. Mm -hmm. um, but just knowing that we can trust him mm -hmm. with what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Tim, for joining us for today's episode on The Point. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Hannah. What a great topic and question. 